Coming up on Plane Crazy Down Under. We all like a nice walk in the sunshine, but out on the wing of a biplane? The team from Skycats tell us just what it takes. Well, I always loved flying and the high heights. I was just fascinated by it. So when I found skydiving and I heard about this, it's like, wow, can you really do that? It must be the coolest thing in the world. We take a trip back to Timbo's tarmac. Well, I think the most interesting one for us was the, uh, the C5 Galaxy that came in that landed at 11 o'clock without a tow bar. And we catch up with one of the UK's aerobatic aces, Mark Jeffries. Last time I uh, flew the Nullarbor in formation with a friend, uh, he said, I don't know why they want to go to Mars. <laughs> they might as well come here. Yeah. So let's lean into it. It's time to get plane crazy. Well, hi everyone and welcome back to the show. This is, of course, the show where we talk aviation right here in Australia and around this part of the world. Steve Fisher with you and Grant McHeron. How are you, my friend? Hey, not bad, mate. How are you doing? Not too bad. You know, as we record this here in early June, the sun is out and uh, that's probably good because, um, well, we don't really want to think about winter because um, when winter comes, not so much flying happens and that can never be a good thing. Uh, look, yeah, not so much, but when you do get to fly on a nice, crisp, cold day, it's beautiful. Yeah, it sure is. And I tell you what, if you're lucky enough to be instrument rated, it does give you a chance to test out those skills. You know, Grant, um, I often think of, of whatever ratings uh, a person might get in their career. Um, the instrument rating is really one of those ones that uh, I know when I got mine many, 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 many years ago was, um, <laughs> <laughs> and not that I've used those skills in, in just about as long, but uh, that was really the one where you really did, uh, really did learn to fly. It's a, it's a great rating to have for any aspiring pilots out there. Oh yeah, it totally is. And a, a friend of mine who until recently was flying F-18s and then F-35s with the RAAF has uh, retired from the RAAF and went out and got his uh, civilian ratings. And he said the IREX, the instrument uh, exam, was the hardest thing he's done in ages. Yeah, yeah, I hear I hear all horror stories about the IREX. Of course, I, I did my instrument rating over in America and it was in different times and but it was still a very challenging, I must say it was a very challenging rating to get, but I, I rather think it's probably a little bit more complex to get these days. You know, Grant, we didn't fly with such fandangle things as GPS back in those days. No, but you did have a Loran. We did have Loran and it was awesome. That was an awesome bit of kit. And uh, if you're in Australia and you've never heard of Loran, well, you wouldn't have, but uh, for any of our US <laughs> listeners, particularly who learned to fly back in the era when I did, would probably remember uh, Loran with um, quite some fondness. I know I do. It was a great system. Well, there's a number of folks these days thinking maybe we shouldn't have retired, Loran, because it's a nice backup to GPS when you get uh, satellites that can't get through because of noise and things. Mm, sure is, sure is. Anyway, Grant, speaking of things that are noisy, I couldn't think of anything more noisier than uh, being on the outside of an aircraft while it's flying and, you know, strapped to the wing. Um, would take a, a certain amount of courage, or I could think of some other words, but we'll go with courage <laughs> to do that. Well, given we know a couple of folks who have uh, done exactly that, uh, I'll stick with courage uh, with, a, with a slight hint of whoopee. But, mate, it's uh, especially when you're on the top wing of a biplane with a big Pratt & Whitney radial at the front. Yes, and uh, uh, you know what, Grant? I love the sound of that. Who wouldn't? I mean, what sort of aviation lover wouldn't, uh, you know, just love to hear those big Pratt & Whitney radials? But, you know, like I said, I'm not so sure from that vantage point I'd <laughs> want to do it. But we've, uh, back at Avalon this year, of course, uh, you came across the latest uh, wing-walking team to grace Avalon's uh, tarmac. That's right, mate. They've, uh, they were here, I think, in 2019. This was their return visit for the 2023 show. And yeah, a really good show. They, uh, they have a couple of lovely ladies who uh, start up between the wings and go to the up the top 
on the mount on the top wing. And, uh, of course, they also used the same aircraft and pilot to do the night show, which was lasers and pyrotechnics and things like that. That is, of course, the Skycats team. They came uh, all the way out here from Sweden. So you'll hear uh, all about that in the interview coming up shortly. Also, Grant, uh, we're going to bring back a long-held playing crazy down under tradition. Uh, People who've listened to the original series of this show and the Avalon series that we did within those would all be familiar with the fun segment we did with Timbo and uh, Timbo's Tomac. That's right, mate. We uh, we would generally have every day that we were producing audio from an Avalon, we'd have a session towards the end of the day where we'd catch up with uh, Timbo, our good friend, who uh, was generally in charge of the Warbirds tarmac, but also got around to many of the other tarmacs as well. And he'd give us a breakdown of what had happened, what had come in, what had gone out, and any of the interesting stories that were allowed to be shared. And also um, in the keyhole with Papa Smurf. Now, we've kind of combined <laughs> it into this one because uh, Papa Smurf, I think, is uh, retired these days from the game. But, uh, Grant, uh, for people who are not familiar with the show and, of course, for our uh, radio audience who may not be quite into all the excitement of uh, Avalon, just explain to us what the keyhole is at Avalon. Okay, well, the keyhole is the name given to a very large rectangular tarmac where if you're ever at Avalon, it's where they park the tankers and big transports and things like that from the military. So uh, you've got the, the the runway, of course, and you've got the curving, uh, they call it the loop, it's the curving taxiway. Uh, and hang off the curving taxiway, that big tarmac area. Uh, this, this show, we had uh, three generations of American tankers, the KC-135, the KC-10, and the KC-46, the new one. And, of course, uh, Grant, all that sort of stuff takes a huge amount of coordination when you've got so many jets going around. And uh, these guys, well, I was going to say they take it very seriously. I suppose after you listen to this segment, you might be <laughs> wondering about that. But uh, actually, <laughs> they do a very good job. Don't don't hate me, Timbo, when you hear this. But uh... <laughs> Well, given I've been working with these guys since 2001, at uh, all, pretty much every Avalon we've always been catching up. I was part of this team for the first uh, four Avalons I ever did. So, yeah, a lot of history and... Uh, they can be a larrikin bunch, as the phrase goes, but a lot of fun. All that plus, we'll also be catching up with Mark Jeffries and Dee Ebling there from Awesome Aviation. And, uh, of course, uh, they did some fantastic aerobatics. That'll be a little bit later on in the show. But, Grant, wing walking, it always fascinates me how anyone can do it. Let's find out exactly what it takes to do exactly that. <laughs> Jenny, Hella, Jacob, from the uh, catwalk. Yes. Scandinavian yep. Air Show. That's it, Scandinavian Air Show, the yep. catwalk, the wonderful wing walkers. Uh, hell of a show, folks. Oh, really good. Um, everyone's been saying, oh, my God, you guys are totally crazy. I'm there as I'm doing commentary for you going, I want to do that. I want to do that. <laughs> oh. I'd, like, I'd love to give it a try. Uh, so, ladies, how did you get into being a wing walker? Jenny, we'll start with you. We're all skydivers in the beginning, so... Uh... That's how you start. You get asked by a former cat. All right. So you were crazy to begin with, in other words. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can say that. <laughs> Hello, yourself, former skydiver. Yeah, same story. Okay, so what was it that made you go, oh, yeah, I'd like to do that. I'd like to get up on a wing and, and hang out there while everyone's waving at me. Well, I always loved flying and the high heights. I'm just fascinated by it. So when I found skydiving and I heard about this, it's like, wow, can you really do that? It must be the coolest thing in the world. And is it? Is it? It is, <laughs> it is, yes. <laughs> so Jenny, same kind of story, skydiver gets into it, asked to join. 
you, you don't mind heights, so you're ha quite happy to be up there moving around, waving, assuming the different positions, etc. I'm very happy to be up there. I love flying. It's like a personal roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My own private roller coaster. It's the best. <laughs> so lots of core strength because you've got 200 kilometer an hour winds, like standing in the back of the ute, waving For gracefully. Sure. For sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so are you on the on the top and then the wing or are you always on the right wing? Uh, no, uh, we, we change. Okay. Today I was on the top. Oh, okay. So it's toss a coin, see oh, who. Yeah. Something okay. like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, what kind of, um, are you like the good old 1920s, just walking out there and hanging on for dear life? Or do you have like a secure harness that you can attach in case you slip? Security is very important to us. So, we have a harness. Yeah. So, secure us all times. Okay. So, you're secured in the harness on top of the wing. Yes. But that allows you to pivot and do different positions. Yes, exactly. Okay. It's a two-point system, so we can move around. Okay. And when you decide it's time to come down off the wing, do you attach a safety line, then come down, then take put another safety line on, or is it, is it all just always connected to the same point? Uh, not always con connected to the same point. We can move it, but as we have two points, right. you move one point. Then you move the other. Yeah. So you're always secured always by secure. at least one point. Always. Okay, cool. And what's an, what's it like to actually move from the wing down on top of the wing down to the interplane areas? Like is Jacob holding it really steady for you? Is it like you're just on on a on a rock or is it a moving <laughs> around and bumping rock? <laughs> Jacob is holding it very, very steadily, but sometimes it can bump a little, but that's the air's fault, not Jacob's. <laughs> How much practice, Hella, do you have to do to get from the top wing down? Do you do a lot of practice when it's on the ground? And is that sufficient or is it in a different attitude when it's flying? You do a lot of practice on the ground, like a really lot. When you start a new wing walker, they always start on the right wing and they do a lot of uh, practice on the ground and we train a lot with them. And when they, that looks good, we take them to our show and then they fly the right wing on uh, several shows and then they start to practice on the top wing. Wow. So you have to get some experience before doing that. Okay. What is it like up there trying to appear graceful against a 200 kilometer an hour headwind? <laughs> Do you have to remember not to open your mouth when you smile? Well, you open your mouth anyway. It might be a bug now and then, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's sort of like uh, the Outback Australian accent where they speak like this with their teeth together so that they don't swallow a bug. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. God, Always smile with your teeth together. <laughs> oh, we should get Aussie uh, Sky Cats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'd be there like Sky Cats, mate. <laughs> yeah, maybe ask if someone wants to come and join us. <laughs> uh, there will no doubt be many <laughs> people. bring some home to Sweden. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there'll be many who want to. <laughs> So lots of practice, lots of rehearsal. And um, yeah, so you've got a standard routine. Uh, you know what's happening. When do you know when it's okay to move? Do you just do it anyhow as the aircraft comes around to this position, you know it's time to move? Or does Jacob give you a hand signal? Uh, Jacob is gives us uh, his nod, but yep. we know the program so okay. well. So it's uh, we know we just look at him and it's like waiting for the clearance to go. Now we've mentioned Jacob a number of times, mate. You're the one doing all the work. Were they just hanging out, waving and looking graceful? Actually, uh, they are doing all the work, <laughs> of course. So, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just focused on the flying part. You know? yeah. the, the program is very structured, so we know what's going to happen. And uh, we brief it before, and those uh, girls now is really, uh, uh, they've been with me so many years, so they've experienced. 
but uh, yeah, we do the flights and we know which parts uh, is difficult. You know, you have to t- turn off the power from the, the engine and because to uh, reduce the prop wash mm-hmm. for them to move on the aircraft. But uh, we always look at each other and communicate. And um, they just waited for my clearance all the time. To, now it's okay. Okay. And they do things. But uh, for me, it's more important to f- just fly the aircraft. Okay. And uh, so what kind of maneuvers you're doing generally just coming by until you go up high to get the altitude to then do the loops and the barrel rolls? Yeah. So it's basically keeping it nice, gentle, exactly. turning banks and so on. Exactly. And it's um, yeah, but both who uh, have like uh, nice turning banks and uh, smooth to have the time for them uh, to, to move around. Now in Avalon, it's a huge place, you know, so you have to have the audience up in the in the north as well you know uh to to see all the see the whole show so it takes it with more time yeah but uh that's that's a part of it you know but uh make smooth make it flying smooth as possible for them uh, also to get the engine to not uh get too warm i need to power back check everything so a lot of things with the smoke uh those things to push the right buttons at the right time so <laughs> so but uh, i think um i think we have a it works excellent here yeah, yeah. No, like, like smoke, the good smoke and uh, all the yeah. colors. Yeah. yeah, that was great. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so when the ladies are moving around, I imagine that creates quite a, a change in uh, your moment and drag on one side and things like that. Yeah, when one is on one side, I need to use some kind of the, uh, the vertical uh, rudder to correct. Uh, and also when they move from being in between the wings and sit down, they, they sort of destroy the laminary mm-hmm. flow over the wings. Yeah. So you t- must take the, into account that the wings are uh, stalling uh, more uh, in, a, in a higher speed. So effectively, you ladies are really making it hard for poor Jacob. I mean, you know, he's sitting there in that cockpit, sweating, as, you know, totally sweating, working hard, and you're just out there glamming it, right? Under the breeze, uh, sitting relaxed and... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, so it was quite warm today, but I imagine once you're up there and moving, it gets a little chilly. Not today. Not for us. We're Scandinavian. We're used to the cold. <laughs> so, Jacob, this isn't the only aircraft you fly, is it? No, it, actually, this is not the aircraft I fly no. uh, in, in the Scandinavian air show. I, I mainly fly in uh, two other aircraft, which is a Viking and Thor. It's a Model 12S uh, aircraft biplanes, yep. uh, unlimited aerobatic shows, and we have a group called uh, Ragnarök in formation. So I fly in that. I fly a uh, Viking, okay. uh, and also solo display. I fly uh, Thorn. It's yep. a Model Twelve S uh, biplane like mm-hmm. this, but much smaller, of course. And uh, so it's the Pitts Model Twelve with a big radial engine. Yeah, that's correct, and uh, single seater. But this this aircraft is actually flown by a guy called Sus uh, Jan Hedian. Okay. So, uh, but he's not here with us uh, today. But uh, usually he flies this catwalk. Okay. But I can fly it also, of course, because yeah. it's mine. Uh, <laughs> mine, mine, mine. <laughs> so no, but it's um, I, I enjoy it actually. But yeah. it's different, you know. Um, it's uh, it's it's a different type of uh, display. You know, when you do solar batik, you're by yourself, and you do uh, mm-hmm. formation displays. Different. Yeah. This is uh, to have the girls with you. Yeah. Uh, in everything and, and so it's, it's a teamwork I yeah mean. it's a team on one aircraft as yeah. opposed to team of multiple aircraft yeah, exactly. yeah. So it's, it's fine and it, do you fly anything else for business or career or? yeah I, I'm I'm a, usually a, a captain on the on the 737 800 okay. and max so ladies when you're not out here looking graceful on the wing what else do you do I'm actually a graphical designer nice yes okay so that's my my normal my normal job okay and Hella 
I'm a rigger, so I pack parachutes. Yep, very important job. Yep. Yeah, and I have a few friends who do that as well <laughs> over here. And uh, yeah, you trusting everyone's trusting you with their shoots. That's yep. very important. <laughs> Now, is this your first time in Australia? It's my second time in Australia, but it's my first air show here. Okay. What brought you out the first time? Uh, backpacking. Ah, <laughs> the tr- excellent, excellent. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and Jenny, your first or second? Or? It's my second time in Australia and second time on Avalon. Oh. So I was here in 2019 as well. Okay, cool. And Jacob? Yeah, I was here in uh, 2019. Um, yeah. But then I just flew the night show, the LLP show. Which is a great segue because this aircraft also used for the night show. Is all the rigging there to do the night show now or do you attach it because of the… We have a different rigging for it. Yeah. yeah. And we it's a quite a lot more work with the computers and things like that. So, But yeah. uh, it's a di- different setup. And yeah, I was actually kind of rocking out to the music and the laser. And I'm like, yeah, I was in a club a few years ago when this was happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's a nice show to, to do and uh, I like it. So on the night show, so it's computerized, it's a different rig that you have to rig up and everything. So when you're flying that, there's pyrotechnics going off, you've got the laser going off, you're flying through your own smoke, which I thought was a very good thing to make sure you had clouds for the laser. Yeah. Um, so how do you go with seeing? Because night vision gone right yeah uh, it's a mix because uh you need to be used to fly uh both during night yeah flying instruments and visually yep and uh it's a the aircraft is actually uh instrument ifr equipped cool yeah so i can oh, fly right. I, yeah so i can fly ifr with so i have a sort of system in the aircraft to to be able to uh, have a reference points yeah but uh sometimes because sometimes it's very hard to know where you are yeah and then you need to look at the instruments yeah so some points you look at the instruments some points you look out um you look at the ground and uh, the place so it's actually i think the most the more, most difficult show to make yeah for me yeah so we were commenting on that from below yeah, going, wow making formation flies with like two meters from each other yeah uh, it's quite easy uh, <laughs> but uh, this night show is really demanding yeah. because you're uh uh, it's warm. It's a little bit, you know, uh, not underpowered, but you need to be focused on that. Yeah, aircraft is heavy. A lot of things going on. Yeah, the visibility. You get smoke into the cockpit from, uh, and a lot of lights. So, so it's very demanding. Yeah. So, Jenny, anything else you'd like to say while we've got you here? I am so glad to be here. It's a wonderful show. Oh, she's saying all the right things. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Thanks for having us. It's been a great time. Okay. Very well organized show. Cool. Jacob, anything yeah, else? same here. It's a pleasure to be here. It's so very organized. People are friendly. Uh, if we have any question, we try to solve everything. Everything gets solved. Uh, I, I really love it to be here. It's great. Cool. Great show. Well, thank you so much for the three of you for coming here and giving us this amazing act and the night show. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much. And now it's time for Timbo's Tarmac. Okay, gang, it wouldn't be an Avalon coverage without a Timbo's Tarmac. And usually we'd have an in the keyhole with Papa Smurf, but Papa Smurf's not here anymore except as a visitor. And uh, Timbo's working up here in the keyhole and, well, hell, we just decided to join it all together. So let's do an in the keyhole with Timbo's Tarmac. Timbo, how are you doing, mate? Well, we're surviving. Glad it's the last day. The food are ready to go home. <laughs> and this is the man who's driving around in a buggy. Yes, we're still covering 10 to 13 kilometres a day, even with the buggy. <laughs> but it's not just Timbo here, we've got Veggie as well. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Uh, it's been a long couple of weeks, and uh, tomorrow is promising to be just as busy as all our military friends go home. That's the one. And Ralph, you've joined us in the buggy as well. I have indeed, and it's been a good uh, good couple of weeks. Cool. My feet are telling me it's time to go home, so is my back. 
even though I've got a car. <laughs> so are you guys finding that, uh, given that it's been four years since the last one, that we're not quite, you know, and there hasn't been like a lot of air shows between, are we match fit or are we just getting fit at the end? Well, I've managed to sneak in a Tamora and two Lilydales in four years, so I've uh, tried to keep the levels up a bit. So. Yeah. A yeah. tad rusty, a tad rusty, but it's like riding a bike. You don't really forget. Yeah, except as the phrase goes, except the bike's on fire, you're on fire, everything's on fire, you're in hell. It's air show. Yeah, Correct. exactly. It's air show. We wouldn't exactly. have it any other way. So right. anything of interest that you want to tell us about life on the tarmac, given you guys have been here since before even Steve and I got here on Tuesday? Well, I think the most interesting one for us was the, uh, the, the yeah, big Galaxy. piece of heavy metal over there, the C5 Galaxy, that came in that landed at 11 o'clock without a tow bar, 11 p.m. without a tow bar. And uh, had to manoeuvre himself within the keyhole under his own power in reverse. Well, he seems to have done a pretty good job. So you guys have parked him well and told him where to go, and he's actually managed to figure it out as well. Yeah, but we had to leave enough space behind so that he could start up and power out. Otherwise, there's going to be side sheds blowing across the tarmac. Yeah, I was going to say, (laughs) the, the blue room will go flying. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've seen so, C-17s seen C-17s go backwards, but never a C-5. So, so was, I mean, uh, that was interesting. That was a, you know, we yeah. finished half past one or something that morning, which is fine. And but uh, we've had a few early starts too, Timo. Six o'clock in the morning. So, yeah. Um, so fatigue is starting to set in. Uh, we've probably averaged ten and a half, eleven hours a day mm-hmm. in uh, the sun. In, in the, the sun. sun and standing most of that time. So that's yeah. where it catches up with you. Yeah. Veggie. But it's air show, it's what we do. Oh, we love it. We're surrounded by aviation. That's right. And yeah. Veggie, you kind of uh, seem to have a se- special place for that Honeywell 757 with the cancerous growth hanging off the side, which <laughs> I keep telling people that's what ha- happens if you're hanging around with this newfangled Wi-Fi stuff. You get cancer, mate. Exactly. So <laughs> uh, the 757 boys uh, came and did a few sales trips and yep. kept us busy down here, uh, sending them out and bringing them in and coordinating uh, a few movements with uh, the RAF who uh, bring their big KC-30 down from Canberra every day, so that made it interesting for us, trying to do double pushbacks and things like that at the same time. So The uh, international teams have been excellent, cool. particularly the Germans. They're uh, funny as all get out, love a party. And they bought their own pub. They bought their own pub Completely and their own the beer. Pool. Yeah, and a paddling pool. Yes, and the Japanese bought their own band. Yeah, Might all be the drums, but they bought their own band. Yeah, yeah. they're pretty impressive, that. Um, yeah. But no, the international crews are very good. Cool. Certainly the ones we've got here in the Keyhole. And how are the sheep all going? Are they um, be generally being well behaved? Our or biggest challenge is uh, the mobile phone distraction. People walking around not looking where they're going and bumping into things because they've got their head in the phone. Yeah, yeah. No situational awareness. That's right. But, but the, they're quite obedient. Yes. When we ask them to go back, they're fine. Yeah. So yeah. Not too many squalls. Yeah. And, and how are the numbers? Is, would you say it's about on par or does it feel like it's bigger? Down this end, I think it's on par. Yeah. Uh, but having walked down the other end, it's bigger. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. then again, all those people would usually be out the front of the chalets. Correct. But because CAS has changed the flight line, they're all north or south. Correct. They're all trying to get for there now, and, and that's yeah. what makes it so hard. Yeah. Because yeah. they've got their deck chairs and their rugs and everything set up there. Yeah. Whereas yeah. normally it's just foot traffic. Yeah. And, uh, getting getting out to commentary has been an interesting dodge, duck, dip, dive, no. and. Next show will be even more interesting because there's uh, big changes to come, so watch this space. Oh, 
you're just trying to tease now. We aren't you? are. We are. We've we got are. to get people's interest. People's That's interest right. up. Got to come back in 2025. Yeah. 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 Well, there should it's, be a uh, lot more space to park a lot more aircraft. Oh, you didn't get, We didn't get a very good rap on the news last night. Certainly, Channel Nine news. It was all about the traffic Parking. and the blockings. Yeah. There, so hopefully they can fix and rectify that. Yeah. Well, I mean, like we were saying before, normally you'd come up to Point Wilson if you're coming from Melbourne, break left, come yeah. around and down the side. Correct. But they seem to see in everyone to Lara, yeah. which was where everyone from the uh, the west side was coming, so God knows why. We had no problems at 6 a.m. No. Yeah. No, <laughs> I know, right? None whatsoever. Don't, don't tell them that they'll all do that. No, well, 7 a.m. wasn't too bad for me either. But, uh, okay, guys, was well, there anything else you want to say from um, the Tarmac crew? See you in 2025. Okay. You will indeed. We'll see you there. Stay safe. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your time. See you, Greg. See you. See you, Greg. Keeping up to date with the latest news is a huge part of our daily lives. Now you can have news on demand with the Australian Independent Radio News app. News and sport in your pocket whenever you want it. Wherever you are in the world, if you call Australia home, you can stay in touch with the Air News app. Download it now for news on the go. This is Air News. 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 Australian Independent Radio News. Hi, I'm Dave Homewood from the Wings Over New Zealand show, New Zealand's own aviation podcast series, where we feature the stories of Kiwi pilots, warbird restorers, Air Force veterans, home builders, historians, authors, modellers, stories from aviation museums and associations, air show reports, and much, much more. The Wings Over New Zealand show loves to bring you the stories of Kiwis who've made their mark on aviation. So find the Wings Over New Zealand show online. Find more about it on the world-famous Wings Over New Zealand Aviation Forum and like us on Facebook. We also love to listen to Steve, Grant and the team at the Plane Crazy Down Under show. Look, let's be honest, sir, we've all got to eat. That we do, Kevin. Food is such a big part of life, isn't it? And talking about food can lead us to all sorts of places and all sorts of people. Yep. And every week on the Food Bites podcast, we catch up with someone who might be a TV celebrity, a high-profile sports star, a politician, could be anyone. And we talk to them about food, their kitchen skills, or, you know, sometimes lack of, uh, life and and love. And, Kevin, every week there's the Friday Food Poll. Oh, yes. Now, that is Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and me, Kevin Hilliard. You can find us wherever you find your favourite podcast and, of course, every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock on the Ace Radio Network. You're listening to Playing Crazy Down Under. Thanks very much for joining us. And, uh, of course, uh, we're here talking aviation here in Australia. And, of course, uh, Grant, uh, we're harking back to Avalon. There was, uh, you know, um, we've, we've had quite a few uh, Avalon interviews, but uh, that, that is the one opportunity for us in the year where we can get so many of them <laughs> and uh, so many performers together in one place. Grant, and, of course, our next guests are no exception to that rule. That's right, mate. We've got Mark Jeffries, who is in from the UK and uh, doing some awesome solo aerobatics, and uh, Dee Ebling from Awesome Aviation in Western Australia, who supplied the aircraft that Mark flew. Okay, let's head back to Avalon 2023. Mark Jeffries, welcome back to Australia and welcome back to Playing Crazy Down Under. It's been since 2013 that we last had you on. 2013, I was here in 15 also as yep. a pairs uh, with Tom Cassells that time. We just didn't quite get to say hi that time. Really? <laughs> yeah. So it's 10 years since yes, I was here last. Exactly. Speaking last with yourself, Grant. In, indeed. Yeah. So, uh, mate, the... You flew down from London to Perth? Yep, direct flight with oh, uh, Qantas. Qantas. It was brilliant. Yep. I thoroughly recommend the direct flights. It's 
it's good. Yeah. All right, you just take 24 hours out of your life traveling, but you, you know, you get on in one place and you get off in another, and it's as simple as that. Yeah, and so long as you're able to get up, walk around, and uh, survive that. Exactly. I mean, you weren't in economy, were you? I was, but I did have a seat beside me, so it was oh, all right. Lucky, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's. Yeah, I find it hard to uh, do like long haul. It's um, yeah, I I, I'm slightly wide and slightly tall. <laughs> Some somehow chatting to the hostie when I got on, I, did, I managed to get an extra leg room. Nice, brilliant, Very well done. <laughs> okay, so uh, you come into Perth. How long did you take in Perth to adjust to the time zone, work up, and get used to the aircraft as well? Well, uh, Perth is eight hours time difference, the same as when we go to China, eight hours difference. So uh, we take. Uh, sort of two three days really steady and just to uh, settle and then uh, I needed a, 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 a biannual flight review to uh, to clear um, clear my uh, certificate of validation yep. which I did uh, we tend to I as a rule make it that I only fly in my time zone when I'm not when I've traveled yep. so uh, an afternoon flight uh, for that is my uh, morning um, and uh, yeah, so then you just work yourself into it gradually. Fantastic, yeah, that's a good way to do it. Uh, take a few days, work into it, yeah. and then you had the long flight across the Nullarbor once again. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. So, <laughs> I mean, it's totally different scenery to uh, UK and Europe, and uh, it's red, uh, the red scenery there. Um, and the big yeah. empty, just nothing. Yeah, very, very empty, but it's interesting to see all the trails leading to the corner of the field where you've got the water and that, so it makes you think if you had an engine situation, pick up one of these trails, you, you're guaranteed to end up in a corner of a field uh, where there's water. Yeah. Uh, but we do carry water on the aircraft anyway. Yeah, funny that. <laughs> yeah, there's some, uh, sometimes we get some foreign tourists, I know, uh, out at Ayers Rock, they go, oh, the Olgas are just over there, I'll go for a walk in the morning. Nope. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very long way. Yeah, so uh, last time I uh, flew the Nullarbor in formation with a friend, uh, he said, I don't know why they want to go to Mars. <laughs> they might as well come here. Yeah, and, and that was the Nullarbor. You weren't even yeah. up the uh, Pilbara Way, which is even more rugged, and that's where some of the oldest rocks on Earth are found. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, up yeah. in the um, yeah. north and western area. But, okay, so you flew across the Nullarbor, you got here. Uh, much, much time to work up and get used to Avalon? Uh, we did a week's training in Murray at Murray Fields and uh, getting used to uh, the aeroplane, uh, which was uh, very beneficial indeed. Yep. Uh, a couple of flights a day and draw up a sequence and start off just building the repertoire and then put it all together as a sequence. Okay. Now the big question, so we've seen your day show and all that. And last night I got to see your night show. I missed it the last time I was seeing you work. So the night show, what do you find is, what, what are the specific things you've got to be aware of in an evening night, uh, you've got pyrotechnics going off. What's that do for your vision? Was it light enough that it wasn't a problem? Uh, that was not my full night show uh, that you saw last night here. Uh, this was just ground, the ground pyro aspect. Uh, my full night show with Global Stars team. We have pyro on the aircraft, streaming sparks. Um, but to answer your question, uh, you need to be aware of the surface of course mm. same as daytime yeah <laughs> so but, it, but it's big and it's dark <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's plenty of light around there's runway lights there's crowd lights and uh, think yeah. things like that so um well yeah. hang on at a, at a point uh we're just moving the plane so uh okay so there's plenty of from pl plenty of light on the ground yes yeah, yes there is and uh, yeah you're, you're right you do need to take awareness of um the surface yeah. because you don't want to be hitting the surface no it's not a good look no 
<laughs> really, really ruins your day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, perhaps you put in uh, less complicated manoeuvres. Uh, it depends on uh, the level of experience if we're listeners are uh, thinking, oh, I can do that. Uh, so just dial, dial down a little bit of what you do in the daytime yeah. uh, for, a, for a dusk show. Yeah, you don't have to really do a lot of gyroscopic tumbles and all that kind of stuff when people aren't really going to see it that well in the night. <laughs> well, twi twilight shows, which I prefer to do, not as opposed to night shows, with a twilight show, you can see the aircraft, yeah. you can see the pyro, you can see the smoke. So you get the whole lot okay. um, visual. And uh, I have LED lights on my aircraft as well uh, for uh, my uh, twilight shows, and they show up very well. Uh, whereas a night show is specifically about an airborne launch platform. You don't see the aircraft unless it's illuminated yeah. uh, very well. Um, so there's a difference between twilight and night. And I yeah. prefer the twilight shows yeah. because I feel it, it's got a much more visual impact. Yep. Personal, my personal view. Yeah, you're getting the best of both. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Anything else you'd like to say while you're here? I love Avalon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a keeper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, that's, uh, that's actually part of my show. I draw a heart, yep. and at the end of the heart, I come live on the RT, and uh, I love Avalon. Yeah, heard it yesterday. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, Mark, thank you for being back on the show. And uh, with that, we'll my cut pleasure. back over. You've mentioned the aircraft a few times, so I think we need to talk to now Dietrich. It's your Dietrich, your surname D is? D. Oh, so just D. Okay. Oh, is it Dieter? Sorry, yeah. I thought it was Dietrich. Okay. Okay, so uh, Dieter Ebling, a.k.a. D. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing great, thank you. We're really enjoying the show. Excellent. And once again, 10 years since we last spoke. It's been a long time since we rock and rolled. I know, right? <laughs> There's been so much happened. Oh, my God. But, uh, mate, you're the owner of this beautiful extra, what is it? It's an extra NG, isn't it? Extra NG. Yeah, they launched it at Oshkosh in 2019. That's where it was unveiled, and we were there, and we sat down with extra immediately, and we specced a machine up which we ordered for delivery in Australia. We made a couple of mods to it. We uh, requested a second oil cooler be fitted, which would be better for the Australian conditions. Uh, it's now an option that you can select if you do order an NG, that you can uh, option a second oil cooler. I think it's a smart move on that aircraft, and I, I think everybody should put them on in any mm. case. Even if they're not operating in the Australian heat? Yeah, I think yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a really good feature. So. Uh, we also had the autopilot fitted to the aircraft, uh, which is linked to the G3X, which really helps for the long transition flights oh, like yeah. we've just done across from Perth. Um, and other than that, uh, the plane arrived in September 2020, and uh, we assembled it, and uh, I think our first display was early in October, uh, where we did a, a static display at the Royal Aero Club. Yep. Uh, of Western Australia and we launched the aircraft to the public there. Cool. Yes, you guys didn't have a lockdown until much later. So for me, it was like, oh, September 2020. I was about to say, oh, and you couldn't know. But of course, you're in WA. You had you had a life over there. It's You were able to get flying and do all sorts of good stuff. We did. We, we continued with events in WA. Uh, we couldn't do anything over border, uh, but it was all limited to within Western Australia. And, and we had a, a number of flying events that we attended with the aircraft. Yeah. Fantastic. And uh, how, how do you find it's handling compared to like, for those who already know an extra 300 or perhaps a 330, how does a 300 NG compare? So the difference with the NG is that it's it has the same wing as the 330 LX has. Uh, the difference is the fuselage is no longer made of tube. It's all composite. Right. 
and they've included a lot of fairings on the aircraft and, and uh, on the wingtips you'll notice their fairings and, uh, and various other parts of the aircraft uh, at the tail skid section as well. And the resultant effect is for the same engine and the same propeller, we have a 20-knot speed advantage over the 330LX, which is quite remarkable. It makes the aircraft really fast. Mm. It accelerates really quickly. And the downlines, you know, we now have the, the, the luxury of coming back on the throttle, um, <laughs> you know, because of the, yeah. the way that it speeds up. So it's, uh, it's a very clean design and uh, uh, the roll rate's the same as, as the, the 330SE and LX at 420 degrees a second. It's just cleaner, and, yeah. and, and that's made for a, a you know that's a, a, a remarkable difference yeah, uh, in terms of performance, and then uh, comfort-wise, the aircraft is really at, at next level in terms of ergonomics and comfort in the cockpit. Whereas you know they have tended to be a little bit agricultural in the past, and uh, yeah, you know they purpose-built for aerobatic purposes, exactly. And, you know, but it's nice to have creature comforts, especially when you're doing long positioning flights, so like across the Nullarbor. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, it makes it an absolute pleasure to fly. So it's it's yeah. a seriously comfortable aircraft to fly in. Fantastic, yeah, because that's all the all the cross-country flights I've heard from the guys who do aerobatics is like, I love flying my aircraft on displays. I hate taking it across the country, and they they quite often have someone else fly it. Yeah, 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 they do. And, uh, you know, the NG is made, it's a game changer. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, what can you tell us about Awesome Aviation over in WA? Awesome Aviation specializes in the leasing of uh, primarily Beach 1900 aircraft. And, we, you know, we've operated in, in 18 countries. We're involved with humanitarian aid projects and, uh, and the like. Um, and you know, aircraft contracts come and go. We move them around into the various contracts as we have, uh, you know, as we are awarded contracts. We've also had, uh, you know, a really colourful history of leasing Learjets and Falcon Jets and King Airs and various other aircraft types. And uh, now we're really spending a lot of time looking at the future, you know, the, the future in terms of sustainable aviation mm. fuels, green energy. Uh, you know, this is a reality and it's something that we all need to embrace. And I don't believe it's something that we can put off to say we'll deal with it at some other stage. We need to deal with it now and and, and, and get onto that. And, uh, you know, hybrid energy is something that we pay, are paying a lot of attention to. Uh, Re-engineering existing airframes is something that we're mm -hmm. interested in because to bring a new type to certification mm. can be a 10-year process. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, so looking at re-engineering existing airframes with... Uh, you know, greener technology, mm -hmm. I think, is going to be the transitional phase before we get the final products, which are, are totally green aircraft that, that, that come out from ground or, or from zero up, uh, build up. Yeah, because yeah, we're seeing a few of the, the green ones just in concept or yeah. early days demonstrator flights, but there's been a lot more activity, as you're saying, with re-engined. Uh, there's, the, there's, I believe, a Cessna Caravan. There's, I think yeah. there's a Beaver that they re-engined, yeah. all that kind of stuff with electrics. And so, yeah, how do you see the SAF going, sustainable aviation fuels? Uh, like, they've got a long way to scale up, but it looks very promising. They do, and, you know, it's very difficult for us to get direction right now as to which way it's going to go. Um, are we going to end up being hydrogen-based, green hydrogen, or are we going to continue with Jet A1? If we do, then, you know, the future is going to require a, a green solution for mm. Jet A1, which is the sustainable aviation fuel side of things. So, yeah. uh, you know, we, we're, in a, we're at a crossroads right now, and, and we may end up with multiple energy sources in aircraft yeah. uh, rather than, you know, just the just traditional yeah. uh, hydrocarbons that we've had up to okay. now. 
Yeah, because I'm looking at what's going on with introducing the, the no-lead fuels that still do the same as 100 low-lead, and we're having enough fun just getting them available at the pump in various places in the US. So, yeah, the sustainable, I know it's dropping, it can be mixed fuels in many cases. So, yeah, and, and I, I like the concept of what you're saying about the hybrid, where it's like perhaps you've got a fuel cell that recharges the uh, battery so that your electric engine runs longer. Yeah. 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 So there, there, there is some disruption coming in our industry and... Uh, the, you know, it, it may be that the same way that Tesla disrupted the motor mm. car industry, that a tech player disrupts the aviation industry. We, we need to be open to that yep. and, uh, you know, perhaps let go of our traditional ways of doing things and approach it in different ways that, yep. uh, you know, that are going to meet all the objectives. And, yep. and, you know, I think there's a lot of international government funding going into R&D uh, to, to encourage these projects to, you know, yep. to continue. So... Uh, at the end of the day, I think in 10 years' time, in a decade from now, the world will look very different mm. from an aviation perspective in oh, terms yeah. of, of, of power plants and energy. We're certainly innovating a lot faster now than yeah. the changes happening. You go to sleep one day and you wake up the next and, oh, look, that's all new. Yeah. yeah. And if you, you know, if you do a count, there, there are literally hundreds of projects underway at the moment in terms of alternative uh, power mm. plants and, and, and aircraft types yep. that are being you know, uh, investigated and you look at the, the realities of the Lilium jet, you know, mm. which has taken almost a rotor wing and a fixed wing, you know, into one yeah. and, 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 you know, if you look at the concept, it, it's an amazing machine. Oh, yeah. It really is. Yeah. We've got to develop the applications and at the end of the day, we've got to find sustainable business models that, yep. that, that these types of aircraft can be deployed into yeah. and, uh, you know, I think they will develop in time. Yeah, mm. no, definitely. Well, Dee, thanks so much for coming on the show. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about while we've got you? No, just keep up the good work. It's wonderful. Uh, we enjoy your in, enjoy your whole uh, program, and uh, we look forward to continuing the discussions in the future. Thanks, Dee. Thank It'll be great to much. catch up with you again in the future. Thank you so much. Yes. Well, there we go, Grant. And I tell you what, uh, didn't they put on a fantastic display? And, um, you know, like all of the performers that Avalon did, of course, but uh, these guys uh, really did some, uh, some really exciting aerobatics. They certainly did, mate. Uh, very... Very impressive to watch and great once again to catch up with Mark and Dee. And we've had them on the show in a previous episode way back in the mid-2010s area, probably around 2015. Mm. But, uh, yeah, we, uh, it was good to see them again. Yeah, and, of course, um, you know, uh, the, the aircraft, of course, is supplied by Awesome Aviation. Uh, over there in Perth, you can find out more about them at awesomeaviation.net and uh, well worth checking out. Uh, I should mention, too, Grant, if you want to find out more about our uh, previous guests on the show this week, uh, of course, the uh, the Skycats, you can find out more about them at airshow.se, Sierra Echo. Of course, they come from Sweden, so uh, that's where you'll find out more about them. And uh, there's some fantastic uh, imagery and videos on that website, so... Uh, if you missed Avalon and you missed out on them, then uh, certainly go and check that out and check out their social media feeds as well. Quite quite entertaining. For sure. And if you want to find out more about uh, Timbo and the gang from the tarmac, uh, just watch the original Star Wars, the Moss Eisley Cantina section, and you'll get a pretty good idea of what it's like to hang out with those guys. <laughs> oh, good God. You know, those guys will never talk to us again. Well, they'll talk to me, Grant, because they know I'm much nicer than you when it comes to dealing with them. <laughs> yeah, no, they've, they've given me a lot of hassle in the past, and uh, they what goes around comes around. We know it'll happen. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, Grant, good Lord. Now, have a listen to this sound effect coming down the street. 
My goodness, oh. Grant. My goodness, it's the postman. Can you believe of all the you know of all the guys, all the regulars that have hung around in our sound effects library all these years? It's that same postman. He's still there. I am. I am shocked. He's just been hanging out in cyberspace in limbo, waiting for that time. Look at this, Grant. Just for old time's sake, some actual printed oh. copy of an ele- of an electronic communication. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my, there it was, just minding its own bits and bytes and you printed it out just for a sound effect. Indeed, Grant. You know, in fact, I should update our posties, um, you know, sound effect now because I know the one that comes past here most days is on some sort of electronic bike that's half the size of a Kenworth, so. <laughs> yeah, with the cover and everything. Yeah, but, no, it's awesome. <laughs> I, 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 it's like a mobility scooter on steroids, but honestly, we shouldn't be using the, the postie sound anymore. It should be, you've got hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> I think they could go back right back to 2008 when we started this gig. Anyway, Grant, uh, Andrew Vandersug actually got uh, got in touch with us. Contact at playingcrazydownunder.com, folks, if you'd like to drop us a line. And uh, Andrew's just uh, saying that uh, he's happy to hear us back and said he was uh, listening to the show, in fact, as far back as 2010. So, uh, Andrew, great to hear from you, mate, and I'm uh, glad to hear that you're happy that we're back. Yay. And uh, if all goes well, we will catch up with Andrew at uh, Wings Over Illawarra next year in 2024, or as it's now no, referred to as, <laughs> air shows down under Shell Harbour. But, you know, it's always going to be Wings, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's always going to be. It'll take, you know, the Wings Over Illawarra, that was a, actually a really cool branding. I think it'll take a few uh, people a, a little bit of time to get used to that new branding. But, you know, I, I think the air shows down under title is, uh, you know, a pretty good one too. Yep, no, it is pretty good. Yep, so thanks, Andrew, for reaching out. And, of course, we've had a lot of other, uh, you know, good contact through social media and stuff. You can find us all over social media and, uh, you know, we still do all that sort of stuff. And we know how much Grant loves being on Facebook these days. Uh, Kicking and screaming, dragging me into Facebook. (laughs) <laughs> there we go. Now, just one more thing before we close off this week's episode, Grant, and this is completely unsolicited, but I noticed that our, our good friends at the Royal Flying Doctor Service have had a bit of a uh, social media campaign going uh, lately, and I just thought I'd mention this. They're actually after donations. Well, of course, you know, you can donate to the RFDS anytime you like, of course, but uh, right now uh, they're actually looking to cover um, – they're looking for extra funds to cover their increased fuel costs. So I just thought that I would uh, mention that for people who may have missed it. Um, the Royal Flying Doctor Service – you can find them at flyingdoctor.org.au. They are a unique and just a vital and wonderful service. And, uh, you know, if you're looking for somewhere, it's coming up as we record this towards uh, the end of the financial year. If you're looking to make a donation, um, I think you could uh, do well to donate to the RFDS. They do some wonderful work. And uh, if they're um, having a bit of difficulty paying their fuel bills, then, you know, uh, maybe donating towards that would be a really worthwhile thing. Every couple of shekels help. And uh, with the price of fuel going through the roof lately... Every 10 shekels help. Yes, indeed. So, yeah, flyingdoctor.org.au if you'd like to help them out. And like I say, that's uh, not solicited by them. I just uh, saw that uh, just popping up a few times in my feeds this week and thought that was well worth a mention. Indeed, mate. Indeed. A worthy cause. Well, that's everything we have for you on this edition of Playing Crazy Down Under. We hope you've enjoyed the show, folks, as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. Grant, I think we, uh, well, we've we still got a little bit more Avalon content, I think, in the works, but um, yeah, yeah, we've, we've got some other uh, interviews uh, also coming up, so that'll be good. Yep, that's correct, mate. There's a little bit more, uh, but we've got uh, new folks. In fact, uh, we've got a couple that we need to maybe even jump in a plane and go fly to sea, but that'll be a three or four episodes in itself just the journey i suspect good lord i hope it's a big plane well it's it's going to actually get us there and back so you know it won't be a balloon because that'll just go wherever the heck the winds take me <laughs> oh, you and your balloons okay until next time we talk to you i'm steve fisher and this is grant mccarran the balloon pilot wishing you all safe flying folks and we'll talk to you again soon 
Find show notes for this episode along with our contact details and a full back catalogue of shows at plaincrazydownunder.com. Drop us a line anytime with feedback, story suggestions or advertising inquiries. We'd love to hear from you. Title music is You Name It by Brian Simpson. Plain Crazy Down Under is a Southern Skies media production. Southern Skies Media.